morning, and I'm going to ask Josh to come up um, to share a work of God's grace in his life. And this is a testimony of God revealing his glory among us. Thank you, Dan. Good morning, guys. So, for those, can you hear me pretty well? Okay. So, for those who don't know me, I'm Josh. Uh, we just moved here about probably two years ago, and um, we were in the military. We've been overseas for several years, and then have found our way to Dayton, Ohio, and are just super thankful to be here and to get to join this. So, uh, I just want to thank you for this time, um, and I just pray that uh, Jesus would use these words um, and this testimony to be a tool um, to possibly work and show you an example of what he can do in your life, too. When I was 10, uh, I gave my life to Jesus. I trusted him and was baptized at church camp. Um, that night, after being baptized, we were told to stay back. And after everyone else had left, leaving behind all the newly baptized people on the pastoral team, they shared with us um, that we were now made clean. And our names are written in heaven. We worshiped God through song and dancing and singing. I don't know if you guys remember this song from like the early 2000s, but I'll become even more undignified than this. Yeah? So I'll, I will never forget that moment of being 10 and hear, hearing those words and being told, Josh, you're made clean. You are now a part of Jesus' fold. Um, and just dancing and, and being like, whoa, this is different. So I... I truly believe I, I began to know and follow Jesus at that time. Now, at 10 years old, so weeks later, uh, I turned 11, so July it must have been, just getting before school in Arizona, um, and because of things that I had heard on the bus um, and, and heard at school and through different people, um, I decided to search online for pornography for the first time at 11 years old. This was the very first time in a lifelong struggle with addiction. <clears throat> Hiding, lying, all of it encircling pornography and lust. Now I continued to go to church because I was following and looking for Jesus and I believed that I was around Jesus but um, and I was trying to follow him to the best of my abilities. However, the pain and guilt of my hidden sin would keep me awake at night. I would oftentimes, and I would lay in bed and think, seven days, Josh, you can make it seven days without doing this. And I could never do it. I could make it three days, and then something would happen. I would... Uh, tell myself that I could never last longer than three or four days. Um, when every time I would go to church, I'd hear, well, if you can do anything for a month, that's a new habit you developed, you know? And, and so I always sought that goal of one month. Come on, Josh, you can do it one month on your own power. And I could never do it. I would always fall to the temptation. And in my heart of hearts, I knew that it was my true desire to seek out what I was seeking out in those temptations. My true desire wasn't seated with Jesus, it was seated in finding what was wise in my own eyes. Over the years, the sin was caught by my parents and, and different people, and I was talked to, and, and it didn't change anything. The only thing that would change is how I went about it. 
Next time, I'll delete the browser history. Next time, I'll do it at this time of day instead of this time of day. Next time, I'll wait for them to leave or, or you know, basically finding any way, working harder to find ways to get around rather than doing or finding the right thing. Um, I would become more secretive. And the more I gave into this growing addiction, the more worse the situation became. Now, I knew Jesus. I walked around Jesus every weekend. We would be there, and I felt like I was pretty good, you know, um, CK, a church kid, right? You've probably heard the term CK or whatever. But, and I knew a lot of the answers, um, but nothing, um, nothing I could do could change my actions. And as I became an adult, uh, I left home, I moved away, lived in my own space where I could do what I wanted to do, and I chose to continue to seek Jesus, but day and night, I suffered from addictive actions. Smartphones by this time were readily available and cheap. So it's like, instead of having to use the old family computer in the den, I could just go about and do what I wanted to do at any time with just, and we just, this is the world we live in in the 21st century, there are screens everywhere. Um, and it can be used as a beautiful thing, but um, the inclination of man doesn't usually incline towards beautiful things. Uh, I could watch whatever, whenever. I had mentors who had guided me, um, and you know, I was obviously, like I said, still seeking Jesus. The mentors, I would talk to them, I'd say like, yeah, sure, I struggle with sin. I get angry, I have jealousy. Um, those are the things I'm willing to talk to you about, but you don't need to necessarily know what I'm watching. Um, I don't need to confide that in you because I'm talking to God about it. That's enough, you know, it's a, it's a dialogue just between him and I, and that's enough, it can fix it. And that's not the case. Years go by, uh, I get married, and I have a beautiful wife, and I think this is the fix to my problem. Perfect, I'm married, now it's gonna be good. This temporarily helped, probably no more than four, three to four days, just like before. The Band-Aid would not heal a heart disease, right? So the, doing this temporary fix, what I thought was gonna be a, you know, a solution, uh, in my own eyes, was still not a solution. I hid and would lose sleep in order to sin. I was inclined to sin, and I chose to find my joy in the God of lust. Um, most recently, before I left for deployment uh, last July, uh, Pastor Steve came over to our house to pray with us and talk with us before I left. Now, um, Pastor Steve, well, Abby had left the room and Pastor Steve turned to me and looked at me and he asked me about my addiction before I had ever told him about it. Now, I think it's pretty safe to say that a, a man in his 20s in the 2000s, it's pretty safe to say that there is some possibility that they're addicted to pornography. Um, however, I truly believe that this was a God-given intuition to Pastor Steve to plant a seed into my soul as to why I was doing what I was doing. I remember he said um, to me, like, why, basically it's like Jesus is telling you, why do you feel like you have to keep doing this, you know? Turn to me. And, and I, I thought about that and I thought, okay, this deployment, it's like, you don't have access to the normal stuff, so this will be a good, good time to grow out of that through uh, good habits. I lasted five days in the deployment. I got there five days, and then suddenly I found my ways, and I found different ways. <clears throat> Upon returning, 
I was struggling to adjust back to normal life, and I reached out to Pastor Steve and Pastor Dan to discuss the seed that was planted before I had left. I sat with Dan in Yaffa Grill, which is a delicious restaurant, and there I confessed my sin to him. It wasn't dramatic, it wasn't emotional even. I was rational and I felt very in control of my words. He asked me some questions and listened to me and provided me some tools to help. He prayed with me and he became my accountability partner. We ended up using the Lead Me Not app, which I highly recommend. Um, and it's an app that basically it'll trigger any time you type in a word. Rather than being a software that blocks certain websites, it's a triggering system so that it notifies your accountability partner. So that was helpful, but what did this human brain do? I figured my own way around it and was able to continue to get around it. Now, I was seeking, and after I had confessed my sin, would continually confess these moments to Dan. So I was no longer hiding it like I was hiding it, but it was still happening. <clears throat> the heart disease remained, but it was slowly beginning to change. And a few weeks later after that, um, we were um, offered the opportunity to become members of this church. Now, we'd been here almost a year and a half, and because of coronavirus, you know, things got delayed, and um, membership classes and whatnot, but Steve made an opportunity for us to become members of the church through a uh, shortened class. Now, I remember looking at the membership covenant and thinking, after Steve had left, like, looking at it and being like, this is pretty serious. Like, this is a dedication not just, like, to myself and God, but, like, to the community as well. Um, and uh, I just remember saying, like, Josh, this is pretty serious. A new commitment, not just to yourself, but to the community. And I signed the membership. My wife signed the membership, and we arrived Sunday morning at the service. Now, this was probably, I want to say, two months ago or so. Um, and to our surprise, during the membership part, uh, gifts were placed right up here along the altar. And it had several people's names on it, different people that were becoming members that week. Now, when I looked up, um, between when the prayer was happening, they had set these up here. And then when I looked up and I saw it, I saw our name, Compston. I saw it sitting there on a bag. And I thought, well, that's neat. You know, that's pretty cool. And so when they called this up, I, I stood up with my family and we started to walk. And as I was walking just there, probably about the yellow line, second yellow line back, um, I looked at our name and I had this overwhelming experience and feeling of Jesus saying, I am the Son of God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This gift represents my eternal life and salvation that I am offering to you for free. I was obviously inquisitive about why I was feeling that as I'm walking up here thinking, I've known Jesus for a long time. This is, this is a good feeling, but this is, it intrigued me. It made me want to know more. So we walk up here and we pray and we're welcomed as members of the church. We pick up our bag and we go about the rest of the Sunday. It's a nice day. Now, I was in, intrigued. I was feeling something indescribable from that very moment of standing right there. Um, and it was consuming with me with interest. And I can only describe it as um, like when uh, Moses spent time and saw, and with God and saw God's face and he was shining after that. It was like an indescribable thing. I felt that happen after coming up here on Membership Sunday. 
Um, not, I mean, you, most of you were there. Nothing happened, like lightning didn't strike down, nothing crazy happened, but something happened in my heart. And we walked away that Sunday and the things of earth began to grow strangely dim. Jesus had healed my heart disease. Now, I didn't know that at the very moment, but I walked away from that, that membership Sunday and I didn't feel the same inclinations. The temptations are still there, but I'm changed. And it's indescribable and it's unbelievable after somebody who's, since I was 11 years old, has struggled with this, that he changed me. It was like a veil was lifted off my face uh, or cloudy glasses removed from my eyes. I felt like I was truly seeing Christ for who he really is for the first time. Now, I've known Jesus, and I believed in him for years, but something different had taken place, and now I wanted more Jesus. I want more of his words, and it, like Zacchaeus last week when we talked about Zacchaeus, I felt like in confessing my sin and seeking him, I climbed the tree hoping to see him, and he saw me first. And he said, Josh, I am the Lamb of God who's come to take away the sin of the world. You don't have to be unclean anymore. I have made you clean. <clears throat> I feel free. I feel liberated. And I've told a couple of people in our community group this um, over the past few weeks. And perhaps for the first time, I feel alive in Christ. By his sacrifice and power, he has truly made me clean. And I know that he can do the same miracle in you. Confess repent and believe. Seek and you will find. Now, I'm still tempted, and I know as a fact, but I know as a fact that Jesus knows our temptation better than we will ever know because he has never fallen to it. Like a man walking into the wind, every day I would fall to my face to give in to the wind. But you and I, as believers, we have Jesus holding around our shoulder and walking into that wind with us, and he is saying, keep going. I know who you are, and I have made you clean. Keep going. <clears throat> Through his merciful touch and surrender to him, you can be healed. Since that day, I have not been pressed by the temptation in the same way, genuinely. It is still there, but I am changed. And even something like alcohol, it's, it was really strange. Back before this, I, could, I would use alcohol kind of as a release from the frustrations of the day, you know, have a couple like beers, or if Abby and I split a bottle of wine, like I could finish off the bottle of wine, no problem. After that membership Sunday, a couple days later, we were, had opened a bottle of wine to enjoy, and um, I thought, well, I'll just finish this thing off. She's gone to bed. And I took one sip and was like, this is empty. This is me. Like, I didn't even, it was almost like putrefied in my It was so weird. And I grew up in a house where you drink two to three beers every day. That's just normal. Um, it's, and it's, he has changed that even in me, um, that alcohol is not the same. And I don't say that saying that alcohol is bad, but what I am saying is that if it is causing you to sin, then take it out of your life. Then he will remove it from your life. But you have to surrender that to him. Satan is prowling around us 
every day. I open up Instagram and I go to search something on Instagram and there's something I've never even looked up in my life has popped up there. It's an open window that Satan can use to just pull you into whatever. So I've recognized in my own life that I need to be sober uh, because he is prowling and, and Jesus calls us to be ready at all times to do his work and to be prepared for his glorious return. If I would have said that I would say those words six months ago when I was deployed and saying like, oh, I can't wait till I get my first beer back in the States, I would have been shocked. So uh, um, I hope that this is something that Jesus can use as a tool in your own life. Now that that seed that Pastor Steve and Pastor Dan kind of sprouted, put into me um, in, back in July, that seed has sprouted. And I believe that these things, these changes um, are fruit and that he has begun to bear fruit. Looking in retrospect at, from, you know, birth until now, I feel the fear of God in the feeling of fear of the possibility that my, my life before this was like those who said, Lord, Lord, um, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name or cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And for him to just look at me and respond, I never knew you, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. But that fear is quickly replaced with the peace of knowing that I am in his embrace now. I am loved, I am made clean, I am forgiven, and I am adopted into his family and a citizen of his kingdom, and you can be too. And you are too, for those of you who have come to know Jesus. Now, I wanna kind of finish this with saying, if this is a struggle for you, like it was for me, and the temptation is still there, like I said, then I am sure, and I'm sure that there are many in this church that feel that way. I want you to know that there is hope. You do not have to live in bondage. Jesus can set you free, and I would love to talk with you and encourage you on your journey. It's the genuine truth. I stand up before you and I share these words, not because I wanna stand up here and embarrass myself in front of all of you, but because I wanna share what Jesus Christ has done in my own life. And I hope that you find it as encouragement, and I hope that it can change your life as well. Um, and I just want to finish with just a quick prayer, and I just thank you guys um, for letting us talk about Jesus and magnifying him. Lord Jesus, you are present with us because where two or more are gathered, you are here with us. Lord, we just worship your holy name and thank you so much for the changes that you can make in our hearts. God, I ask that if anyone is in here sitting here thinking that they have any kernel of recognition in this story that I've shared, that you would touch them and heal them and that they would be changed forever. Lord Jesus, I know you can do it because you've done it in me. God, we praise your holy name and I thank you so much forever and ever for your eternal life that you've given us and the glory and growing and knowing you. God, bless this church and let us grow and continue to grow and bear fruits like fruitful trees for you, Lord Jesus. Amen.